This is Irish Illustrated Insider. It's Monday, October 21st. It's Notre Dame at Michigan Week. With Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated and Pete Sampson from The Athletic, I'm Tim Priester from Irish Illustrated. And Notre Dame is a two-and-a-half-point underdog at Michigan this week. Michigan coming off a bitter loss. It looked like it was going to be a one-sided loss, but a bitter loss when really their best receiver, Ronnie Bell, dropped a pass in the end zone. They lose at Penn State 28-21. I'm, I'm sure you guys saw that game. Just what are your thoughts on, uh, I, I don't want to step on, I think we have a question in segment two about how that's going to impact Michigan, but just your thoughts on how you think that's going to impact Michigan. Yeah, I watched it uh, knowing what happened. I watched it all Sunday night and, and uh, to, to make sure I could scout Michigan more for this one because it's, I think if they go down and, Lose that game 42-7, to you're looking at a different Michigan team. I, I think it's a more positive week of practice for Michigan going to this game against Notre Dame. I don't think that's the most important aspect, off-the-field aspect. I think Notre Dame's bye week is the most important thing going to this game for either team. But I think if Michigan got lit up, everybody's like, oh, well, they'll come back mad as Hornets. You never come back mad as Hornets. You have a bad week, your season ends. Yeah, this, were... this, is a, this is better than... Been getting killed, which it seemed like could have. And happened. they were getting they were yeah. getting lit up, uh, but their offense turned it on in the second half, and their defense shut down Penn State. Which Pete, you called the over on that. That was a good call. I just I didn't think that um, I didn't think Penn State would score twenty eight against them, quite frankly, and uh, I didn't think that Michigan would score twenty one. Uh, and really, it should have been should have been that that eighth touchdown of the game um, near the end with Ronnie Bell. I think the the. I agree with what O'Malley's saying. Like Notre Dame's bye week is the most uh, important intangible. But <laughs> I, w- I also think like the way that game went, the crowd on Saturday night should be a little bit more like, oh, Harbaugh, enough with this already. Like if things go bad for Michigan early on against Notre Dame, uh, I I could have seen a almost like a partially hostile home crowd to the home team on Saturday if they got waxed right. by Penn State. Like, if it, if it was 21 nothing as it was, and then it ended 38-10. Like, the last couple games of that rivalry have. Yeah. <laughs> basically. I, I mean, I could see the atmosphere on Saturday night being really weird. Uh, now I just think it will be a, a raucous home crowd like it pretty much is for every other time that Notre Dame visits. I was impressed by Shea Patterson's effort. I'm, I have rarely been impressed by Shea Patterson uh, when he's not in front-runner mode. Like, there were times last year where he looked really good because mm-hmm. the defense was destroying yeah. everybody. He walked out there with big leads, and he and he played well. I thought Patterson, obviously, big first-half mistake um, on that screen pass. But, boy, Notre Dame fans, there's a screen pass for you. How do you like that screen pass? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I, I really thought Patterson was a gamer. Uh, I started to think to myself, do I? Give too much credit to these quarterbacks for being gamers in defeat because I think Ian Book's best game was probably against Georgia until he uh, threw the bad pick in the, in the fourth quarter. But <laughs> I thought Patterson battled. He was more impressive to be in defeat than usual. Uh, I don't know what that means going to the next game because he reminds me of Everett Golson. In the sense that... That his arm talent is there, that when he's right and he makes the read, no matter what it is, you watch that throw, you're like, holy cow, look at that throw. And then he just does the dumbest things, and he bails out of the pocket at the wrong time. He does He's bail. throwing back he... across his body as a senior at Penn State. What are you thinking? Although the bass was perfect and dropped, but you still don't want to do that. Yeah. He has the talent to beat you on given plays, and he has the weird hasn't matured as a senior to get his team beat in the course of a game. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I and I think that, you know, one of the as as I look up at this matchup, I think Nordame's defensive line against Michigan's offensive line and 
I, I caught a lot of heat in the preseason saying that Michigan's offensive line was a notch, you know, when I rated them, was a notch better than Notre Dame. And that has not been the case. I was wrong about that. Uh, I, I think that they, they showed a little bit of life in the second half against Penn State. And I know that there's still some talent on that offensive line. But I think Notre Dame's defensive line, with Clark Lee calling the, making the decisions up front, I think they can put some pressure on, on Shea Patterson. And that's when Shea Patterson is really at his worst. I mean, he gets... Yeah. He gets as are most. Yeah, as like, yeah, as, yeah. as are, is, is every quarterback. But I think... I mean, I think he goes from yeah. Them. I mean, I sure. think he goes from pretty darn good to really, really bad with just a yeah. little bit more pressure. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame has been really good at that. It was something that Brian Kelly mentioned on Monday that um, you know how they got pressure on Patterson last year. Now, like some of the pressure was from Jerry Tillery, so they had sort of more material to throw out there. But I, I mean, Michigan's offensive line is a. It's like they're. They were recruited for one scheme and they're playing in another, and they're yeah. not good at the new scheme. The new scheme does not use their talents properly. The first thing I wrote down watching that game was, "What is he trying to be so cute for all the time yeah. with the offensive line?" So I did like something with Dick Baumgartner, who works for the Athletic, covers Michigan football and Michigan State football, and was with the Detroit Free Press. Like he's covered everything that Harbaugh has done, and he the way he described Gaddis's offense was. Basically, until last weekend, it was like Gaddis was running the offense he wanted to run, not the offense that actually used the players that he had. Um, that Saturday night was really one of the first times you're like, oh, okay, I can see like how you could bring these two ideas together. But, man, I mean, Tim, I think you asked Brian Kelly about their receivers, and I don't know if you compared them to USC or, or well, let, I knew, let I knew, there. I knew they weren't the same, and that's no, why I just wanted to throw really it out there. one's really good and used, and the other one is, like, talented but not. Yeah. I mean, that's um, – it's like – it's an affront to the senses that Donovan Peels-Jones does not have better numbers. I know he's been banged up, but, like, they have – He didn't play great in that game either. They have if he's lost. really, really good receivers – and they don't use them well, pe- properly. People's Jones has 17 catches. I mean, there are seven games into the season. Ronnie Bell leads the way with 25. I remember seeing Ronnie Bell in their opener against Middle Tennessee, and I thought, this guy's not very good. He dropped some passes. He didn't look very confident. Well, he quickly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, probably had to talk with himself, like, I'm not going to play like that anymore. And he quickly became, I think he's become their best receiver. Brian Kelly said the same thing today. He's caught 25 passes. Here's the thing about Ronnie Bell and Nico Collins. Ronnie Bell is averaging 17.7 yards per catch. Nico Collins is averaging 18.8. I mean, those are big. Those are big numbers. They've only combined for 44 receptions. I get that, and they've only combined for two touchdowns, and both of those are Nico Collins. Ronnie Bell, is that right? Am he, I, well, he, needs, I, he needs a touchdown. He does not have one, but he, he should have one. Yeah, because he dry, yeah, because he dropped one. I cannot believe that happened. I was, I, of, all, of all the receivers, I was shocked that that was the guy what that dropped throw. the pass. It was what a great a throw. throw. He was off balance, and he hit him right in the breadbasket, and and Ronnie Bell just dropped it. So, yeah, I mean, Tariq Black, eighteen catches. Uh, they use their tight ends. They use their tight ends a lot more than USC does. They have four TDs between the two of them. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, there's something there. And I I've, I like Zach Charbonnet from the beginning of the season. I don't know that his numbers are that impressive. I guess he's up to almost five yards per carry. Uh, was he rated a five-star? Did somebody rate him as a five-star coming out of high school? I think he was a, a very comfortably a top 100 player. I okay. Don't I don't I mean I wouldn't say he's a five-star player, he's but I really he's He is yeah. and he's got some he's got a little bit of wiggle and he's got 
don't know exactly how big he is, but it looks to me like he's got a little bit of size. So I like I like his game. But yeah, I mean they don't they have not used the the receivers that they have to the extent that you would think. Brian Kelly talked about how physical they are in fifty fifty balls, which is a bit of a problem for Notre Dame's corner. So I guess you can understand why Dante Vaughn uh is in the plans this week for Notre Dame. And we should get into that. This will be Dante Vaughn's fourth game. Uh Notre Dame has updated their website as Tim pointed out last week, but we both kind of forgot. Uh, he could still redshirt. He is absolutely going to play guaranteed, said Brian Kelly, and that leads us into Sean Crawford, who is working with, uh, going into this week, one-on-one and seven-on-seven. When Kelly says that, that means he's not been involved in 11-11 on the team. Um, I take take that as best-case scenario for Notre Dame fan and Notre Dame coach is Sean Crawford is involved in the obvious third and nine to 13 nickel and dime plays. He can help you that way, not expose him too much where he has to go up and support the run, and if he does that, that's a boost to your defense. I, If he hasn't taken place in 11-11 yet, and he's going to go in there and start trying to tackle Nico Collins and these guys, I don't think that's... He's not a 50-snap guy for me in this game. But if you get 13 important snaps out of Crawford, that's a bonus. Yeah, it could be a dime player. Yeah. You know, there's no... And not third and four dime, none of that no, anymore. No, the third and seven yeah. dime, where, you know, Usukormo is playing. Um, you know, certainly... Is not the same thing as USC, where you have to build an entire defense around a passing attack because the receivers are so good and they take advantage of. Michigan doesn't take advantage of the receivers, so stick Crawford out there and third and long, and like that's to me that's that's the best case scenario. He's not. Yeah. If he played one snap in first and ten, I would be surprised. I do. There was a, before we wrap up the first segment. There was a couple things I wanted to mention. Number one, uh, Jim Harbaugh's twenty-eight and four at home while coaching Michigan. And so obviously he is we we know about the what he's 1 in 10 against top 10 teams, 1 in 7 versus a road ranked opponent and 0 and 8 as the underdog. It appears he will go into this game as as the favorite unless that yeah. line changes even more changes even more dramatically. So that's just number 1. He's 28 and 4 at home. Uh number 2. Um I've talked before about some of the uh, referee connections that I have, and and I connected with somebody, um, and this was shortly after the Penn State Michigan Michigan game, and um, Jim Harbaugh was very upset with the officiating at Penn State, as he was commenting on during Brian Kelly's at, uh, press conference today. Yeah, um, apparently there were quote fourteen incorrect calls, both ways, but twelve of them were against Michigan. The way Michigan is evaluating. I saw that on so, Twitter, but remember, I watched this game knowing what happened. I saw it on Twitter that yeah. night, thinking that it, someone said, and I'm not a Michigan fan, said that Michigan is not getting any calls tonight. Um, I found that out because decidedly not a Michigan fan. But watching the game back, I, it, you, if you take your emotion out of it. I didn't. I, right. I wouldn't go and, that way. And I'm usually the last guy that says, again, because I am in communication with officials, and when you tell them, you know about being biased and and favoring one team or another uh, over another. They get incensed because they get critiqued and they're going to lose their job if they don't call it straight up and they think it's ridiculous. Having said that, the officials in this weekend's game are Big Ten officials. They have heard from Jim Harbaugh, and it's only human nature, <laughs> right? It's only human nature that that's a little bit of concern for Notre Dame in terms of a Big Ten crew evening things out with Notre Dame in town. If you ask Armando Allen, he will agree with you. He's still hurting 
from that call oh, after the, I talked to him in the summer. Yes, where he stayed in bounds. Where he stayed in bounds. They called him out, and they yeah. well, they overturned it to call him out of bounds. That's the crazy thing. He wasn't out of bounds. They decided he was out of bounds oh, on replay man, when he was that, in bounds. That's a bad. That's, that's a bad a, overturn. That's a bad look. All right, we got a ton of questions. Segment two. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Segment two, burning up the boards. We start with a question from B-Man underscore 2017. Notre Dame open as an underdog at four and a half points at Michigan. Does Vegas know something we don't know? Michigan wins at home. I mean, this is a good question for last year in the summer because that line didn't make any sense. This line makes total sense to me that you would you would be two and a half point favorite at home when you're ranked and have good players and always win at home. Including this game. They are have Michigan has been favored at Michigan against Notre Dame in twelve of the last fourteen, dating back to Lou Holtz's first game there. So they are most often ranked, or they are most often favored at home against Notre Dame. Uh, the two times they were not, Notre Dame lost, which was two thousand nine the Tate Forcier game and two thousand eleven the Gary Gray game. It's always a bad sign when you can name the games by one player. <laughs> you remember what happened the Desmond Howard game. So they are most often going to be underdogs at Michigan. They most often lose at Michigan. Um, Charlie Weiss was an eight-point underdog at a noon game victory. And uh, the other wins would be Tim Brown, a long time ago. And 93 was the big upset. Believe it or not, back then they were nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That was That's a bad line, as it turns out. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, 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 That's uh, a pretty bad line. The linemakers were still concerned about Kevin McDougal being a Guess, quarterback. Yeah, and then he turned into Randall Cunningham. Then he, <laughs> then, he, then he got a lot better. I think the line is a reflection of, uh, Pete, I think you mentioned it, the talent level. I mean, they, we kind of viewed these teams very comparably um, going into the season. I actually had, when I did the first-rate series and added up, which is a very unscientific way of doing it, at Michigan with a little bit more talent than Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame has had guys like Asmar Bilal and Drew White and Owusu Kormo and people like that step up. Yes, you could argue five of their top ten guys were people you wouldn't have looked highly absolutely. upon in the, in the Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, you know, I, but, I, but I'm but i not shocked by the lineup. And those that are, are shocked by the lineup and think it's great for Notre Dame, I would, I would be a little bit more... Um, <laughs> be a little bit more concerned by it than I than I think I would be, hey, I'm going to jump on Notre Dame with this. Very quickly, I'll clarify. I think we were all, none of us felt four and a half was an appropriate line. Right. We all felt one and a half, two and a half was the appropriate line. Four and a half was just weird to me. That That's a big number for Michigan to be favored over yes. Notre Dame in this situation. And one not, and a half would have been all of our guesses. Right, one it's and a half, pr- it's probably, it's, if anything, it's going to go down a little bit further, I would think, as opposed to, to going right. back up. Of course... All it takes is one big bet. <laughs> All it takes is one big bet to to, to change that. But uh, you know, twenty eight and four at home. I, I think that that is um, reflective of what the, what the situation is that that Nordham is facing here. Quigs W, Quig S S W. Status update on the health of Jafar Armstrong and Sean Crawford, and what do you think their level of effectiveness will be? Tim, you alluded to it in the first uh, segment. Yeah, reading between the. Brian Kelly lines. Doesn't seem like Crawford's a full-time player, but they'd like to get something out of him. But it sounds like Armstrong is fully engaged. Fully well, he ready to roll, yeah. He said 
uh, what was I don't know what he turned, but I mean, yeah, full one hundred percent. He's he in be a, three weeks back since they thought he could start right, practicing. So. Right, right. Yeah. So that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a little problematic for Michigan, not knowing exactly what they're going to do with him. Uh, we didn't get an opportunity to see what they wanted to do with him in the Louisville game because he was injured in the first series. But uh, so that's a little bit problematic, I think, for Don Brown because Notre Dame is much more inclined to use. Two backs, it was something they wanted to do last year, but they didn't get fully to that because of guys getting banged up. Yeah, I mean, they went two backs on five running plays at Louisville, and then they've used it seven times the rest of the wow. season. And that was the drive, the first drive, right? The two backs was Pretty the first Pretty much drive. it was yeah. all the first drive. Um, and the the other seven were all against Bowling Green when who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, with, right, with Avery right. Davis in the yeah, lineup? Just yeah, just like whatever. It's fine. Just yeah. trying to get the game over. So, yeah, I mean, Armstrong, full participation. Crawford, hopeful. Michael um, Young, f- four weeks back now, so you'd think you'd see a real Michael Young that we saw in August. He has not... Ever done anything other than Northwestern <laughs> that we saw in August? Northwestern yeah. last year, he has never done it. Because you want to say Wake Forest, he should have scored. So that wasn't that impressive to me. Right. right, uh, right. The, the touchdown against Northwestern is his career highlight in August camp. So and he should really be ready to roll. I think Michael Young's an interesting matchup against yeah. Michigan, which is something we'll address with a question a little bit later. Sean underscore Sean Martin, does the fact that Michigan came so close to winning Saturday night put them in the best frame of mind to beat the Irish? We kind of touched on this in the first segment. Better than the alternative frame right. of mind. That's how I feel. Well, it's... I guess the best frame of mind was if they beat Penn State. Yeah, now, uh, I I agree with you guys, but, I mean, keep in mind that the, the, the focus has been really for two years that they're a playoff team. And everybody, a lot of people are jumping on the, the Michigan bandwagon of being a playoff team this year, which I didn't understand considering the personnel lost. That would be like saying... Nordim was more they're more of a playoff team this year than last year. Right. We talked about this ad nauseum in the preseason that we all saw Michigan and Notre Dame in the nine to thirteen range entering the season. And the fact that Michigan was ranked three and four was just ridiculous. Whereas last year you could see Michigan ranked four going into the season. Um, especially because there were no warts on Shea Patterson. It was this defense is amazing and they're bringing in Shea Patterson a five star instead of a terrible quarterback that they've had the last three years. Winovich, Gary, and Bush. Yeah, that's come on. That defense was way saltier. Those guys were. That was for real. Um, yeah, I, I do think Michigan has not been in the mindset of the playoffs since Wisconsin put that on them, though. No, so I'm not sure how how much they. No, and that's why I, I think guess, being. I mean, yeah. you know, okay, they made a nice comeback against Penn State, but it's a loss. It's the second loss, right. and you're not going to the playoffs. You're going to go to a bowl game where you may be apathetic again about playing in. So maybe what Pete said, if Notre Dame gets going early, it keeps going even though they came back. Like, you know, the, the atmosphere of yeah, people turning on them is not as I much. I that's going to happen. I mean, I, like, I, I think they would have had to put something on film Saturday night that was total garbage for, for the, for for the, the home fan base, fan base yeah. to turn against them. Um, they didn't. Like, they, it was a weird game, but it was right. sort of a eye of the boulder game you could take. You, if you're a Michigan fan and you're like, see, Harbaugh can't win on the road against good teams, that game proved it to you. If you're a Michigan fan and you want to say, hey, this team's getting a little bit better, well, that game had that as well. Yeah. Like It was just I, sort of whatever you wanted to take out of it, you could. Somehow I doubt that there are a lot of Michigan fans feeling <laughs> feeling that optimistic yeah. in, in the aftermath of just a, just a couple days since then. Trey Guy 13, after getting multiple turnovers for the first few games, the turnovers have been minimal to non-existent for the last couple games. Does the Notre Dame defense get back into their hawkish ways against a turnover-prone Michigan offense? I that's yeah, the they question. certainly uh, fumble the ball all the time, so that's something that I would keep an eye on. But um, 
don't know, Chern- I guess I have a hard time getting too uh, carried away with turnovers as like as if Notre Dame plays this super aggressive ball hawking defense. Like the ball just seems. Like, I agree. I agree you know, with you. I mean, like I know Hamilton's pick six was that like a ball? No, it was just like the ball game. I mean, over. turnovers are kind of cyclical. They're forcing yeah. fumbles is you know, more of an impressive thing. Um, I think they force a lot of fumbles. Like, it's, they're kind of random. Like the defensive lineman forcing fumbles. Sometimes they happen. Sometimes they don't. right. I feel like the pass rush and forcing fumbles is something that can play yeah. a role with Shea Patterson. Yeah. These a freshman tack, freshman right tackle. When you're, when you're making quarterbacks fumble, that's a, yeah. That's a little bit um, and, and and Shea Patterson is that's we and just called Everett Colson for crying that's out loud. What, I mean, yeah. he, he makes mistakes. So yeah. I think that can come in. I don't know if you see Notre Dame ball hawking, as Pete said. Shea Patterson's passes. I mean, if he's on, yeah. He's, could, not, like, could I see Julian O'Carr? Like Julian O'Carr, what he did to Bryce Perkins, that's like a controllable thing. Like he went right. in there with the right. intent, I'm going to take the ball away right. from you, and I'm so fast, this guy can't. And Notre Dame, me. I mean, they do emphasize that. If you the the whole idea is if yeah. you have more than one tackler, then or 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 if he the the ball carrier receiver is engaged, and now you're coming into the play. Try to strip the football. Yeah, you saw them try to do that with Marquis Step, and then he picked up an extra ten yards. I was about to say, let, let, let's bring in the fact that you don't do it with him. That, yeah. That's the one, okay. one guy you don't uh, do. Lohi Gilman tackling the ball has been ineffective this year. Uh, Notre Dame's cornerbacks have one interception this year. His name is Sean Crawford. No other corners picked off a pass. So I, I think you can count on Julian Aquara, Khalid Kareem, and Jameer Jones. Man, imagine this podcast saying that a couple years ago. I think you can count on Julian Aquara, Khalid Kareem, and Jameer Jones. <laughs> Going up there and wreaking havoc and maybe causing fumbles. I don't think you should count on Troy Pry getting his first pick, Tariq Bracey getting his first career pick, Alohi Gilman stripping the ball from a running back. And Elliott getting a pick. I think either one of the safeties could get I think they could, could, I think Hamilton and Elliott could get a pick, but I think it's that defensive line force and fumbles. Do you know how many passes broken up uh, Troy Pride has? Two. Oh, you're underestimating oh, him. It's three. Oh. <laughs> so Bracey leads with five? Is that right? Does Bracey have five? I can remember three for Bracey uh, off the top of my I, head. I, I, I remember the yeah. one at Georgia. Yeah, he had two at Georgia, and he had, I think Bracey has five to lead the team. PBUs, he does have five to lead yes. the team. That is correct. See? That is correct. So, um, yeah, now, back to the fumbles. Notre Dame has, quote, caused 17, because I think Louisville dropped a couple on their own. I think I remember writing that in the uh, 17 sounds crazy, grades. by the way. That's yeah. a lot. But, yeah. Seven, yeah, 17, they've recovered eight. Um and Michigan has fumbled 17 times, and they've oh lost gosh. nine. I mean, that is a, that's an incredible amount. Now, I don't see in their stats, Notre Dame lists the players that actually fumbled. I don't see that in Michigan stats, so I don't know. It's mostly Shea Patterson. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many are Pattersons, but I do know that I do know that Charbonnet fumbled and lost one. I think it was the Army game. Right. Yeah. Oh, so they, they don't oh, yeah. have a streak. Their, their converted nose tackle fullback lost one at Wisconsin. Oh, that's right. Pathetic. Great That's call. right. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I know, you know, we kind of expected like USC would turn the ball over against Notre Dame because Notre Dame was plus ten and they were minus seven. Um, I tell you what, we don't know Trey guy if it'll reappear, but it's going to matter. <laughs> pretty much yeah. decides all these games, and it right? mattered against yeah. USC, and then it was zero zero, and yeah. USC needed that to win. I think we said that before. BWAC twenty nine. Who scores you? Who scares you? Who scares yeah. you the most? That's my typing. Who scares you the most on Michigan? Both sides of the ball. Uh, probably uh, Uche on their defensive line because, like, you know, as well as the interior played against USC, he's I think a better athlete. He's not just like the stout, yeah, uh, run stopping defensive no, tackle. No, he's good. He's good. I like, I like him a he lot. He can make some plays on Kramer and Patterson uh, and, and Banks. 
I, just because they played their best against USC doesn't mean they're just going to keep right. getting better the rest of the way. Um, offensively, it's like, I guess the the scare there is whoever gets a one-on-one matchup and if Michigan can find out who he is. Because I'm not sure whether it's Bell, Black, Peoples-Jones. Collins. Collins. They're all yeah. good. Like, somebody's going to be in a one-on-one situation. So it's like if... Unlike USC, I would expect Michigan to do some film work on Dante Vaughn, and if he's out there being like, ah, that's who we're going to throw it up against. Like, USC didn't really even try that. Um, so that's that, and yeah. probably whoever gets And what concerns Vaughn. you is Vaughn's size. That Does that really, does that even things out? I don't think that that evens things out if you can't make the play on the ball. Yeah, will he be matched? Like, I, I think Nico Collins... Is the toughest matchup because he can catch a, uh, he can turn like a little hitch routes where you miss the tackle. He can make you miss the tackle with his strength. So I could see him. I like Nico Collins more than, in what they're doing than I like the well, others. I like, now, okay, I, I like say, Bell and Collins more than I like Black and People's Jump. I would agree. I, I agree. The thing is, Bell, I think he'll play well because of what happened. And then Brian Kelly ins- insinuated the exact same thing. Yeah. I think he's. I, I can't imagine a guy that's that talented. Not he's coming the most. Back from he's that. the most athletically gifted. I like I, the way Collins. Collins plays such a physical brand of that's receiver. Like that's the part of Collins that I that, that I think the, you can brace. He's small. Vaughn does never tackled well in his career at Notre Dame. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. I Pete, I agree with you on Oche. I I I think he's a he's a pretty dynamic guy off the edge. Yeah. Uh, he he does have. An, a, a, you know, I, I was watching them, and I'm like, okay, who really impresses you here? And he stood out, and then you look at the stats, and you see, okay, he's leading the team in sacks. I guess that that, <laughs> ma- that makes that makes sense. I think Quiddy Pay is a guy that that you also uh, that that also is very capable, and and Kalik Hudson's been around for a long time and is an established linebacker. I really well. like Hudson, but it's we, uh, when they want to put him one on one on tight ends, it can work a little bit against Penn State. I don't. That's something we should get into in the matchup situation with Notre that, Dame. Because they a, do that. No, that is a good matchup yeah, for Notre Dame. That's not good either I, one. You know, I think it, I, I mean, it's hard for me to just pick one guy, but I mean, as far as disruptive and pass rusher, uh, Oche is that guy. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, I think, gets the most out of his ability. He was mine because he's a good athlete up front that. At six six, that length with Ian Book, yeah. he's going to knock. He's going to get in the way of some passing lanes. He's a, he's more athlete than defensive end almost. Which, if you're running the ball well, will be a Notre Dame's yeah. favor. Yeah. But in those third down situations, he just impresses me with his athleticism and ability to disrupt some stuff. Now, Josh Ross has been injured. He's mm-hmm. only played three games. I don't know whether he's coming back this game or not. They replaced him with Cam McGrone, who, who Notre Dame recruited, who, who looks good, who looks good, yeah. and I lo- I loved his high yeah. school film. I was disappointed when he didn't come to Notre Dame. So. You know, Ross has a lot more experience, obviously. I don't know if he's coming back. I'm anticipating that he's not necessarily right. for this game. Uh, and McGrone's in there. Um, and we've got some matchup yeah. things that we can we can address. Actually, with this next question, go from, ahead and ask it. Consider- T.J. O'Malley, who is also my middle name also. It's Justin, by the way. T.J. O'Malley, not me. Where is the marquee matchup in this game with the Irish's road dogs? Should I throw the life savings on the Irish to win straight up? That would be silly. That would do that. Yeah, that they, don't do don't do that. It's been a long time since they won at Michigan. Um, not saying that they can't no, or won't. But I but throw my, I just bet I, a nice I, healthy I, amount you can afford to lose. Right, exactly. I, I think Ronnie Bell versus most likely Troy Pride is is an interesting matchup yeah. that I don't like for Notre Dame. Um, my, this is what I was going to mention with Michael Young. If Michael Young's going against Ambry Thomas, 
maybe this is a game that, that Michael Young can make a significant play. Not that Ambry Thomas has played poorly. You know, he was he had some type of ailment or illness in the preseason. Mm-hmm. There were some questions whether he was going to play this year or not. He's been in the starting lineup. Uh, he might be leading them in passes broken up or he's up there. Well, that's because they avoid Laverne <laughs> If he's leading them and passes broken up, right? Because they avoid, and, and so Hill. that leads me to yeah. Chase yeah. Claypool versus Lavert Hill. That is the matchup for me <laughs> in the game because Chase Claypool has to win it, and it's a hard one to win. You have to get him crossing. You have to get him away from Hill a little. Look, if Hill's going to play him one on one, it's going to be a great matchup downfield. He is going to play him one on one when they're on the same side because that's what Don Brown does. You got to get Claypool moving. Lavert Hill after the first series had a really good game last year, and. He got lit up in the first series, and yeah. that's and ended that up being was, a touchdown. It matters. That counts, too, as we all like to say. But, uh, yeah, I think that's that's the matchup I'm looking to watch just because I don't know who will win it. What uh, are you looking at, Pete? Uh, Okwara, Kareem against their tackles because mm-hmm. I think they've been barely good at times this year. So, And that's like that's Notre Dame's best uh, pass defense right there. Yes, is sure is. moving Patterson around. So, as much as Brian Kelly talked about Patterson on the move. I mean, he talked I don't know if Pat, Kelly talked about it or Nick Baumgartner, who I talked to, talked about like Patterson on the move. Did a little bit of more of that against Penn State. Like I still don't think that's like a winning formula for him because he's not that mobile. No, I like his his mobility. I like him escaping the pocket for yards, not as much. Right, but he, keeping I, plays he, alive. to me, he has difficulty. And I, and I watch him more this week. I mean, kind of like Book, really, in that once he once he gets flushed, he has a very difficult time. Squaring back up yeah. to the line of scrimmage, and when they don't square up to the line of scrimmage, they're not very effective. I do want to throw this in. Michigan has 23 sacks defensively, which is a pretty big number. Um, and, again, tying in with Don Brown, his aggressiveness and, and going after people. Opponents have 12 against them, which is a fairly high number. I think Book's been sacked nine times. I, uh, Pete, you brought up Aquar and Kareem. I do recall... Kareem was the my at least defensive MVP last year in this in the Notre Dame Michigan game. I thought he had the best game. He and Tavon Coney and Tillery were the guys that there's, there's a lot of guys that played well because they play great on D. But Khalid Kareem was our choice for MVP of the game last year. And right. he's now uh, whenever he's lined up on the boundary, he's got a freshman tackle to his side. That yep. helps too. It's a win. Yep. Murphy three twenty four. What personnel groups and formations will protect Ian Book? Create opportunities for a few explosive plays. And allow Notre Dame to control the game on offense. A variety. Yeah, I'm with you. That's, variety is the personnel group. Like and Brian, I, Ke- Brian Kelly, I mean, kind of talked about vari- variety as being important. And on now the other it's side like, of the ball. yeah, I mean, you, you have, have three personnel sets you can go with now. You can go your sort of base, one back, one tight end, three receivers. You can do the two tight ends, which has been more less against USC than it was the week before. Uh, and then now you can get Tony Jones and Jafar Armstrong out there at the same time if you want to. So it's, uh, you have a lot of different things you can do with that. That's the best way to combat him is to throw all those th- all three alignments at him. And uh, I have a feeling the two-back is going to play a role early. Hopefully it can play a role as it goes along. I thought Brian Kelly saying today that we have to run the ball at some point in the game was really an oddest assessment of how they are going to approach this game. They That's the one thing they didn't do against Georgia. I was worried when he said, you don't have to win the game running. You don't have to win running the ball. I was like, all right, here he goes. What I think lines for him? You know what? I think, but, <laughs> I think he's sandbagging there. You do? I do. I do. Coming out running? I, he's I, Don Brown? I, in the run D? I, they're giving up three yards of carry. I know that's silly, but I but think about what Wisconsin did to them, what you can do with your two tight end stuff, how effective you've been. The the, the two running back stuff is really fascinating. I because love that. Yeah. You should have, 
you should have a pretty deep pool of choices there, considering you haven't run it all year. How about we add to this? What do you guys think is the least effective during the game? Will it be the 31, the regular, the 31 package, which puts Fink out there and takes a tight end and running back out? Mm, I would say... I would say more, I would focus it more towards less personnel, more like, I don't think they're going to run between the tackles very well. I think that's going to be a real struggle for them. And that, it wasn't against USC, they gashed them. Right, they did, yeah, they really did. Yeah, but they're going to, I mean, you, you get, who do you trust more, Don Brown or Clancy Pendergast, for crying out loud? <laughs> that's true. <All> <laughs> he made another podcast, Clancy yeah. Pendergast. This is good. Hey, I brought up, I brought up. I don't want to reveal who said it, but I brought up Clancy Pendergast's name to somebody, let's just say in the industry. And I said, how is Clancy Pendergast still the, the defensive coordinator at USC? And he said, I don't know. He's been fired at every other job that he uh, had. Well, he's about to be. So, <laughs> Jim underscore Booney underscore CRS. Penn State killed Michigan with a long ball down the middle of the field. Do you see Notre Dame trying to do something similar? Do you think Notre Dame can have success doing that? You only have to have success twice. Right, Absolutely once or twice right. in probably a fairly low-scoring game, and you have I, Chase Claypool there, and you have Cole Komet down the seam. It would make me feel a little bit differently if Notre Dame actually was able to do this once or twice a game, <laughs> because they're not. Well, so I'd they, say the you, answer he, is, he, he would, is, would they like to do it? Yes. Will it work? No. He can still throw one up to Claypool, and Claypool can make a, it's a 50-50 ball. You would think. It just sounds that easy, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> just chuck it up. See what happens. All right, it's 35 65 well, they, 35-65. They did, nice. they did against USC in, in uh, uh, which corner? I can't think of them now. We're past USC. We made a great play Steel. on it. Steel yeah. made it. Chris Steele made a great play on it. Uh, he's right. Yeah, there. I mean, Steve it's Booty. not. It's certainly not a high percentage throw for Notre Dame. But, no, it's but, like they just don't do it. Like I yeah. forget like the percent, the completion percentage. I want to see like that be a more like a higher percentage of your throws. Like, and you mean specifically well, down the give middle me, too? Give me yeah. four deep shots and a if game, you're, not and, two. And you need to, and it needs to be to Claypool or Komet up the seam. Don't throw That's to, it. Those right, are the only just two. those two. You know, you're not pining for Lindsay to line up in the slot and go deep once um, against us because they do go one on one. They do put All right. no, that their makes safeties sense. out that, there one on one against but, people. But not Finker, not Finker no, Young. No, I'm with you. Not Finker Young either. I'm, I'm saying that this is the only defense you'll face where you can put Claypool outside. You can move. Baker Young outside doesn't matter if Lindsey's in the game and you have Lindsey in command. Yeah. This is the only defense that will actually attempt to say, let's go one-on-one because they want to get there. Their plan is to get I there. I am very interested to see how Claypool handles, and it's difficult to watch all the things we want to watch, but how Claypool handles getting pressed at the line of scrimmage. I mean, because physically, I don't care who he's going against, he should be able to win that battle at the line of scrimmage. I have faith in him this year. He's a, he's a very good player this year. Chase Claypool. He's actually, be if Ian Book was having a better year, people would be talking more about Chase Claypool. And the, and the worst thing that ever happened to him statistically was Cole Komet's return to the lineup. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's fine. That, that helps Notre Dame. So. Yeah. On you. Mike E95. That's an extra E. How often will Notre Dame's offense utilize the two-back sets that we saw to open Louisville now that Jafar Armstrong is back? That wasn't a typo. It's actually Mikey. Two, I mean, probably two series. Because I... You know, forget the number of plays. Like but they do series, you're right. They do it they by do, series, yeah. so I'd say two series. We will see that in for two series in the game. It would be interesting if they go more than that. One more. If they could go three. That would be a big difference. If so people two, think out of, heads, two out of 12, two out of yeah, 13, I, I would agree. I'd like to see three. I would like to <laughs> yeah. see three as well. Yeah, so you get mostly I just don't 12 think it's going to happen. Like it would be two two out of whatever. I'll take the over two and a half. You take it the under? 
Yeah. All right. Good. I'll take. Right. Yeah, I'll take. I'll take the over on that too. No, you guys are wrong. So okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't even have. All right. To. Let, let, <laughs> they don't even have to play the game. Greg twenty one twenty six. It seems like Michigan's offensive personnel will dictate a lot of nickel defense, but with the number of wide receiver screens they run out of RPOs, and Notre Dame's corners are not the best tacklers, will we see more base defense than Lee is comfortable with? Hmm. It's an interesting it's like a really question. question. I don't. I don't know if I think you'll how, see more base defense. I mean, we're not talking about USC. I think you'll see more base defense than nickel. If Sean Crawford, I don't, I don't like the. There's two nickels. There's nickel involving Sean Crawford. And there's nickel involving Usu Kormoa playing that spot. Right, which is just base defense. Yeah. Um, so it's Drew White in more is the question really? Yeah. So yeah. It'd be White and Bilal as your linebackers, and Usu Kormoa sort of as a nickel, even though it's your rover. Like right. I. I don't think they're going to change up a whole lot. I mean, they they spent about a month on that USC package. Um, that would seem to preclude them from also having a Michigan package. I don't think they this. have a Michigan package. They're just not so, that unique. So I, I think they'll be fine playing base defense. Like, what does everybody want to do? Keep the ball from getting over the top of you. Base defense will kind of help you do that for the most part. We we had a lot of questions from people about, you know, are they going to do what they did against USC, which is why I followed that that line of thinking with Brian Kelly because I knew that he was going to shoot that down Yeah, uh, because it's not the same thing. It's not the same style of offense, and it's certainly not the same, same style uh, of receivers. So I think it's more base than, and their best, than anything. And, one of their, and their best cornerback, I will say it, is injured. And might not play a lot. Their be- yes, their best their best quarterback. <laughs> why why is, we keep saying second best? Sean Crawford. No, he's their best. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> it is fair, yeah. right? I mean, Wash ND. This is the healthiest Notre Dame has been all season. Do you expect Notre Dame's best game of the season after a bye week? I think Brian Kelly's eleven and one after off weeks at Notre Dame. Yeah, and the one loss is the USC face plan from a long right. time ago. Yeah, did he play Michigan after a bye week? No, they're not normally great teams after a bye week. Um, but I do expect Notre Dame to, yeah, that, it has been talked about enough that this is the schedule break. All these Notre Dame goes against teams with buys. This is the best possible team to have a bye right. against. Yeah, it's, I think we said I said yeah. in the summer. I think we all agreed. Like, would you rather play seven teams after there are you know coming off a bye? But like those seven teams are like BC. New Mexico. Virginia Tech's another one, yeah. They're um, all... Or would you rather get Michigan after your bye when they have to go to Penn State? I felt pretty strongly the latter was the better option if you're Notre Dame. Plus, plus no classes. I mean, it's just, yes, it's, it's, a, a, it's a best of all worlds. Now, we don't know. Is Michigan on an academic break? I, I don't have any idea. Uh, I don't have any idea. I want to slip in a, a couple. Like, were you trying to open up a line there for yeah. somebody to, to respond? No, <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I'm going to try to throw a couple questions in here uh, from Twitter. Mason Plummer 6, do you believe backup Michigan backup quarterback Dylan McCaffrey would pose more problems in Notre Dame than Shea Patterson if he were to start? Uh, no, although I probably would have said yes in September. <laughs> totally agree. That's my Shea Patterson response. was real bad, but then he was pretty good on Saturday, so I'll Say that he's going to be better. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to. You don't make that change. No, now. not the way he played. I mean, you may, maybe you, maybe you. Well, then he got banged up. Uh, uh, McCaffrey yeah, but, did. Right. So well, his window, of, yeah, his went right. Yeah. His, his window of opportunity opened and closed pretty quickly there. Um, I don't know what Patterson we're going to get, but the Patterson that just played played a very competitive winners game. Um, the best he could. He had made the tragic right. mistake, but he's a he played well. 
So whether he would pose more problems or not, I don't think – I think the point's going to be moot this week. Uh, let me see. Let me add uh, from from uh, Mortgage That. <laughs> what? All I saw was Mort. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be Mortgage That. A new, a new advertising? Yes. Yeah. Subliminal? Okay. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm treading on territory. We already walked over here. But what, what gimmick D will come up this week? Michigan has <laughs> very good receivers and a QB that can run. Will we see second half Virginia or first half Virginia and USC? And it's, mm. I think it's, I, you know, I think it's more base defense. I think Michigan is still a base defense offense. Yes, for sure. They're a base defense offense. <laughs> and you're. One of your best players is and, that, and that's part and of your their nickels injured. That's part of their problem. I mean, I know you know they go to Josh Gaddis as their offensive coordinator, and everybody hailed him because he was coming from Alabama. He never coordinated offense before, and Jim Harbaugh is still the head coach and probably one of the more more stubborn head coaches in all of college football. I have two thoughts for you. One, I was wrong, Pete. You weren't here for this, but they asked earlier. A subscriber question was, "Who's more overrated, Gaddis, Patterson, or Harbaugh?" And I mistakenly said Patterson because of what was going on at the time. Tim was right. It's Gattis because Patterson's battling like crazy to be a player right now. Uh, number two, we all advocated the nickel as a base against Georgia because Georgia was perceived as much faster. Well, it was faster than Notre Dame. And we felt every time it's third and four, let's get Kyle Hamilton on the field. I don't think Michigan's offense is faster than Notre Dame in a way that their base defense can't go play with an injured Sean Crawford being your sub. We wanted the nickel against Georgia because they were so fast, and you wanted to have Kyle Hamilton on the field. Right. I still want Kyle Hamilton on the field, but I don't think you totally sacrifice. I agree. The run stopping no, is the key. I agree. I agree. If we had that, we we got I we got a late start on gathering questions, so I'll, I'll go through those and see if any of them can apply for Thursday. So we're down to uh, NCAA. <laughs> NCAA is Hitler. Wow. Uh, what is the greatest win over Michigan in program history? Well, Tim, you'd have a long. Why did we start with Pete? So start with 2001 when you started, oh, yeah. right? I was going to say, my, my yeah. history your, your of covering Notre yeah. Dame. Um, I mean, I think probably 05, because that Notre Dame was like, yuck at that point. And that was sort of a, oh, this might Pittsburgh wasn't to be pretty an good. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that I think that was probably the most impactful. It was, like, it wasn't like a really attractive game. Um, noon starts never are. But it was a noon start, and that was really nice. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd probably go 05, even though I'm not sure I could tell you anything that actually happened during the game. <laughs> they had a great first drive. I know that, because everybody was texting me. Because remember, they killed Pitt. And yeah. Thought, ah, whatever. Just a cool passing offense. But then when they kind of went down, and they got up on him. Was it 14 nothing or 14 Three. I think it was 14-3 they got up on him. Uh, Samarja kind of tipped. For me, um, I know, Tim, you go back one more decade here for this one, what you can say, but, I mean, it's got to be 88-89-93 range. Uh, 89 was at the big house one versus two as mm. defending champions in Rocket Ishmael's two returns. That's probably it, although, speaking of ugly games, rain, dank, noon, and two pass attempts for Notre Dame. So that's rough. Uh, 93, if you look at this, they're a nine-and-a-half point underdog. They go up there and light up Michigan. And as I said, Kevin McDougal looked like Randall yeah. Cunningham, only a better thrower. Um, I, too, have to pick 98, or 88, 89, 80, rather. I'm 89, sorry, 89. Yeah. Just because one versus two, the magnitude of it. Um, yeah. At the time, 88, you still figured Miami was going to come in and ruin the fun at that point because they just barely, they didn't score an offensive touchdown in 88 either. 
Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's like Schembechler can't be stubborn enough to kick off to him. Okay, he can't be stubborn enough to kick off to him again, and he did. And and they won 24-19. Now, I would also, I mean, I love the 90 game because of, I mean, Rick Meyer and the starting lineup. First start, yeah. First start. Also underdog. Five-point underdog. Yeah, scoring the game-winning touchdown, 28-24. I know Rick will be happy to hear that. But I did channel Newt Rockney. uh, for this and his his best game was was now he wasn't a head coach yet, <laughs> but it was 1909 when Notre Dame beat Michigan 20 to six because in the first eight games of the series, right. Michigan had won them all and outscored Notre Dame 121 to 10. And that's their fake lead in the series; those first eight games. That's you, you right. Heard, you heard it. That, fake, it's a fake lead. You, <laughs> it's it's a fake lead. All right. <laughs> it's exactly even. It's the most even just series there is. Just because you learned the game before Notre Dame did <laughs> doesn't. Make you yeah crap eighteen lead. Uh, Give me a now, break. Now, as far as toughest loss, <laughs> Tim, well, we all know the, the, for covering it, uh, the, covering it, the Gary Gray game is the, the most remarkable thing we've the ever 2000, seen. Right? The two thousand eleven game. game. I mean, the two thousand ten game was pretty wild though. Like Denard. that was Denard. Like who is okay? Denard like oh he doesn't like tie his shoelaces. Uh, that's real <laughs> cute. Oh my god, this guy is so fast. <laughs> like that's the only player that that I would say like. For one night or one day, because oh, okay. that was also a day game, he was like, "I saw Reggie Bush, but this guy is also really." No, that's fast. a good point. And two years later, he couldn't do anything right. Yeah, yeah. The Gary Gray game was remarkable for a losing. I mean, okay, Notre Dame was zero one. That was a horrible game for Notre Dame. That was terrible. terrible. They were up twenty four to seven and lost thirty five thirty one. And they had just lost to South Florida in the worst game ever <sighs> played, and then they lose that game. So two thousand eleven is the worst. Except that team. Here is the problem with that for me. That team stunk. I don't care what anybody says about that, the 2011 team. They stunk. So when they lost that game, it's was like, this team just, I can't handle it right now. When my senior year, after Ron Powell's beat Northwestern, which is all I have to say, everybody knows what that game meant. He's throwing the ball over the place. He brought them back to beat Michigan until that jerk Remy Hamilton kicked a field goal to win the yeah. game. That's the worst one ever. <laughs> that jerk? Yes. <laughs> he was, Pete. I was a senior. We wow. were drunk. It was bad. Okay. Two years in a row, they just lost to David Gordon. People are uh, crying nine, right nine, now. 94. 94. 94. Yeah. yeah. Just to clarify. All what right, last say? question from Murphy's double underscore law. What method of suicide will you attempt if Jim Harbaugh's first ever win against a top 10 team happens this weekend? He already has one against Wisconsin in 2016. So that was first year? Yeah. Uh, second year, I think. Uh, I think his first year at Coincide with was a bad year, didn't it? No, it didn't. No, yeah, second no, year, he is, he, he's, he did not. You're right. He's one in ten. Fifteen. Yeah, that yep. was the, that was the game. That was the one. So you have that. Um, I, I mean, if I had to make a pick today, I'll pick Michigan to win. So I don't. I don't think this is going to be like this horrible. I mean, if it plays out like the Gary Gray game did, then it would be quite horrible. <laughs> but I, I oh guess I, I, yeah. I just look at these. These two teams are pretty evenly matched. One team's playing at home. One team's playing on the road. I have tried to teach myself that I, I'm i going to pick games and I don't care what the name of the teams are. And if I looked at this game and didn't care about the names of the two teams, Oof, that's a rough one this series. I would be inclined to, and you know, I mean, ultimately, I'm going to pick who I think is going to win the game. But if I were to look at these two nameless teams, I would look at this and say, damn, the home team's going to win this game. Because of the bye week, I would feel a little differently if I tried to pull the yeah. stuff away. Um, the line was worrisome if you follow betting that that line came out with Michigan favored by more than a field goal. It just seems askew. So when it seems askew, 
you probably don't know as much as the person that made that line. I will leave it with this to tease it. Well, three things. It would have been a bigger loss for Notre Dame if they lost last year in this game because it would have turned that season into a big funk of nothingness, and they won that game, and it propelled them to go to the playoffs. Um, they're not going to the playoffs this year, I don't think. It would be bad. It would not be a great loss because everything is within their grasp to go 11-1 for a really good year. I have never missed, since doing this job, the Notre Dame-Michigan game, the winner. I'm 8-0. There's a tease right there for Thursday. Mm. And I have another one for you. I have been to Ann Arbor six times. Ooh, this isn't good. Total Notre Dame victories. Zero. Wow. (laughs) Yes. So Something's got to give. Right. Something's going to happen. You're like your friends in the van. (laughs) It's really. 0-6. This dates back, and it dates back to the Desmond Howard game. Again, if you can name the game. By the guy's name, it's a bad right. thing. So I'm making a business decision and saying that Amelie's not going <laughs> on the road for Irish Illustrated. I do weekend. need a babysitter still. But there's no, yeah. <laughs> All right, we uh, man, we got more uh, we got more Michigan talk later in the week. We'll be looking to film as we uh, as we go along with uh, with a lot more information, a lot more ideas as we go into Thursday. Thanks for joining us. Indiana Dunes Tourism, located between Chicago and South Bend in Northwest Indiana, is a proud supporter of Irish Illustrated. Extend your Notre Dame visit with a trip to the nation's newest national park. Visit indianadunes.com.